everybody. Welcome to a brand new spectacular. I'm just going to throw that word out there. It may not be that episode of History Creeps. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Townsend, and with me is uh, this man. He once smacked a Sasquatch for stealing his beef jerky, and that, of course, is Carter Johnson. Hello, hello. Yes, the the Sasquatch and I tangled. He lost. That's why you don't mess with Carter. <laughs> Then, then we're also joined by uh, a man whose last roommate was a chupacabra. That, of course, is Chris Chavez. Chupacabra, chupacabra. Yeah, what's up, guys? So the chupacabra's real. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. We all know that. And he was your roommate, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? You know, when you were when you called when you said he slapped a, a Sasquatch for stealing his his beef jerky i totally thought carter was gonna come in and go oh yeah I, I, snapping I into slim jim no nah, every time i think of that i'm, I'm going to spider-man where it's like oh yeah i got you for three minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean bone saw that's awesome randy savage is a national treasure man he oh, really yeah. was long live macho man long live the macho man yeah r.i.p man Miss them, miss them every day. So we're back, guys. guys. What's happening? We're back, we're back, we're back. Creepy, creepy stuff to talk about today. History creeps. This is just going to be a great fun year of creeps uh, for us. I feel like I agree. we keep coming up with better and better ideas. I, I was wondering where you were going with that sentence. <laughs> no, like the like the one Chris just came up. When we were talking about before uh, before the show started. Doing that. A, yeah, that's. Yeah, don't yeah. tell the people. They don't need to no, know that. I'm, no, I would never. No spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> That idea is coming up in like two seconds. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we'll never see it coming. <laughs> um, no, guys, like we were, uh, what Carter's referring to there is um, we usually open the show with a, a segment called Current Creeps in which we talk about headlines and things going on in the news right now that may pertain to uh, an episode in the upcoming future. Who knows, right? It might become an episode. I think we talked about something maybe a month ago where I was like, this sounds like we have to keep on top of it. That woman that was uh, abducted and chained up, remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to her? Every, anything else happened they, there? They, they arrested the guy and they found at least three or four other people he had killed on his land. Oh, uh, that's kind of where it's at now. He's in jail and I don't think the trials happened yet. Oh man. I think we're going to have to do an, uh, 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 like a, a short episode on that or something. Cause that, that all by itself all the way up to now is, is crazy. Um, but yeah, current creeps. Those are the things we cover things that are happening now. And I thought, you know what, once in a while, it would be kind of cool to do, especially if something, uh, actually happened at the time is we should do a, this day on, like you always see this day in history or, or, or on this day, this happened. Um, I thought for, you know, history creeps, if the day we record something happened on this day, that kind of fits our show, we should bring it up. Uh, cause I saw today that in 1935, uh, it's February 13th of 1935. Uh, Hotman was found guilty of Lindbergh baby murder. That's the name of the, that was the headline. And um, Richard Hotman was the guy. If any, if people don't know about the Lindbergh kidnapping or Lindbergh baby, people know who Charles Lindbergh is. Um, he was the guy. He for, he first flew. It was across the the uh, the Atlantic Ocean, right? The first guy to do that. I believe so. Yeah. He he was in his day and time the most famous person 
of that era. Like nobody was as popular or famous as or as well known as him. He was, he was the, more popular than our president at that time. He's uh, the Kim Kardashian of the era. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> so when, so when his so when is all this was happening with his child, it was front page news everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so this little thing on in, in Wikipedia says on the evening of March 1st, 1932, uh, Charles Lindbergh, Jr., eldest son of aviator Charles Lindbergh and Ann Morrow Lindbergh, was abducted from the family hometown of Highfields in East Amwell, New Jersey. On May 12th, the body of the 20 month old boy killed by a massive skull fracture was discovered nearby. In September of 34, Richard Hotman was arrested and in a trial lasting from January 2nd to February 13th. So that's actually really fast. Uh, he was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. So it was today, February 13th, that he was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. Um, I just saw that and thought, you know what? We could do that. Once in a while, we'll do a, a on this day this happened, and, and there you go. Yeah, it's a pretty major event. And I think you, we were talking about kidding. we were talking about uh, in the future covering Charles Lindbergh. So this story will come up again more in depth, and we'll really get into the whole thing, the tri- how quick the trial went, the, the exec- all of it. That's right. That's right. Sweet. But now, now that we've done that, I think it's time for us to get into a little bit of uh, uh, current creeps, guys. Current creeps. We really need to sound. Chris, you really scare me when you do that. Uh, <laughs> maybe gonna... it's just too many horror movies and too much Jay Z Y as a kid, but. Turn the lights yeah, down, some... kitties. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the lights down. I'll go down. first. All right, guys. All right. I was talking to y'all before uh, we hit the record button, and I asked you both, and apparently uh, Carter had heard of this, but I don't know, Chris, if you had. According to somebody using Google Maps, they found what appears to be, and looks like, and you can actually find images of it, a pyramid in the Antarctic Mountains. Now, the Antarctic Mountain doesn't actually have a name, the one that it's at, but if you look at a photograph of it, it, it's shaped just like a pyramid. It looks like one. So everybody's saying that, hey, if this is a pyramid, um, how did it get there? <laughs> right. I mean, it's in the Antarctic for crying out loud. Yeah, you're not kidding. I'm looking at pictures right now. It looks like a pyramid. Yeah. A lot of geologists are, however, claiming that that just happens to be the way the rock has looked now due to erosion and and, and I guess some of the snow melting and all that kind of such a thing. But, you know, it's it's until somebody gets up there and actually looks at it, how are you going to know? Hmm. Well, so, Antarctica was once uh, habitable, but that was, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah, that's where. <laughs> it does look like a pyramid. We, I don't know how you could. It, it wasn't like us, us. Yeah, know? I'm getting a timeshare up there. So. <laughs> <laughs> and they could say they could. I, could I, s- I think you're going to want to invest in a good heating system. Uh, <laughs> I think you, I, I think geologists are going to come out and say it's just mountainous or mountains. Uh, maybe the erosion will, will will make it give it that smoother surface to the mountain. But that's what they've already said that. That's that's what the, they're these saying. These straight now. lines. I mean, these lines are almost perfectly straight. I'd like to go out there and brush a lot all that that snow off and see what else there is. Like, see how far down it is, how big this thing is. Get closer. Yeah, the actual height of it is it's not too terribly high. It's uh, I was reading somewhere that it's not even it's nowhere near as tall as like the tallest mountain in in America. It's smaller than that. So it's not the that it's so high. It's just where it's at. I mean, it's in the Antarctic. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing here where they are the geo the um, ger- geologist at the German Research Center for Geosciences in Potsdam said that the 
peaks, it's the peak of a mountain that we're seeing, and it's clearly composed of rock, and that it's only a coincidence that it has the shape it does. Um, by definition, it's a noon attack, whatever that is. Must be a shape, right? Noon attack, or maybe a uh, a formation of rock, which is simply a peak. Oh, hey. <laughs> Keep reading, Chris. Which is simply a peak, a peak of rock sticking out above a glacier or an ice sheet. This one has the shape of a pyramid, but that doesn't make it a human construction. You don't know that, dude. You didn't go out there and brush the snow away. A Nunu attack sounds like a move that some fighter would do in one of those 16-bit video games in the 90s. <laughs> it sounds like a button-mashing move. Yeah. Nunu attack! What's your guy? Kamehameha! That's awesome. <laughs> Um, that's interesting though, because, you know, generally scientists agree that straight lines don't form naturally. Straight lines, 90 degree angles, things like that are, are, are man-made. Yeah. And even man-made, they're, they're difficult to do. Yes, they are. Yeah. Anyone who's painted a room knows that. I think we're just drawing a line. (laughs) (laughs) I think something like this, though, easily fuels the that whole like idea that you have you heard about how um, they say there are alien bases and stuff like that uh, in the Antarctic. Yeah. yeah. So this definitely fuels stuff like that when you see structures that they're saying it's, it's an HP Lovecraft story, too. I don't know if you guys know that. What? None attack? The only uh, <laughs> the well, the only novel <laughs> that Lovecraft wrote was called At the Mountains of Madness. Oh really? And it takes place. It takes place in Antarctica, and it's about a uh, an archaeological team that finds a, a a city pyramid, basically out there, and it ends up being you know the old gods and all that kind of Lovecrafty stuff. It's sort of what the thing is based off of. Oh, nice. Hmm. Very cool. Well, speaking speaking of the thing, Carter, uh, what's your current? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Hashtag I'm just, I'm good at transitions. I actually just watched the thing this weekend, so that's what that's what made that pop in my head. Boom. Um, well, as lots of our listeners know, I'm a big uh, frequenter of the Mufon uh, sightings page because uh, they're pretty up to date as far as really big sightings that are happening around the country. Uh, and I pulled one from uh, from Idaho. Uh, in Idaho Falls, um, the last time I, I did one, it, it was more of an eyewitness account, and we didn't really have anything to back it up. This one actually has a, a, a witness photo that they sent in uh, with the report, hmm. uh, and it was they photographed a fire-colored, shape-shifting object that seemed to silence natural sounds in the area when it passed over, which I also thought was interesting. And he took uh, four pictures of the object. And if you look at the pictures, it is basically what he's describing. He's also got cell phone uh, video of his wife nagging him, but the thing went over and all of a sudden she was silent for a while. And he's like, see? <laughs> wouldn't, see? That be, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Women love this show. <laughs> no kidding, right? Yeah. Yeah, my wife would listen to it and be like, oh, uh, you are just a misogynistic jerk, aren't uh, you? Our listeners know I'm just kidding. Look, I know you're both married, but I'm still trying to get a, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a single fella here. <laughs> Work with me, guys. <laughs> he's, like, I, he's like, I don't subscribe. 
subscribe to what they're saying, ladies. <laughs> yeah. It's not that's not me. That's they own that. So when did this um, thing happen? When was it? Did you say? Uh, it was in February. Uh, I don't have an exact date. Okay. Uh, the report was filed on February 5th, so it was probably a couple of days before that. Uh, but apparently, the guy, the guy said that to him when he when he saw it and he took the picture, it it looked like the uh, lightsaber from Star Wars. <laughs> so so it looked awesome. <laughs> he said it. He said it would go from a sphere to a cigar shape and then back again. I'm. Uh, I see the. I'm looking at the pictures here. I just pulled it up on the Mufon website. Um, the one pictures just kind of make it look like. I don't know. He's taking a the picture of the, of the moon. That's, that's when I saw it right away. That's what I thought. It's the sun at night, or even like the moon when it's starting to rise out in the distance. But it is shining. There's more of a, 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 a like emitting light. Yeah. Um, and a back a backlit effect. Yeah. And then that other that other one that he says is a uh, looks like a lightsaber. To me, it just looks like he moved the camera as he was taking the picture. You know how the exposure does that at night in the dark, and the the, the light kind of does this this stretched out glare look. Well, it would depend on what kind of camera he's taking it with, because digital cameras tend not to do that so much anymore. He's using the little Kodak disposable from Walgreens. That, it would have to be right <laughs> if, it, if it ended up being that kind of light. Remember those ones that? Those remember when they started adding the the flash to those, and like you had to little push a little button and wait for the flash oh, to like heat up, or, God, or you remember yes. it load up, and it'd be this high pitched whine that you could hear. And you remember oh. how that would screw up all your pictures? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember how old we are? <laughs> uh, well, I'm just saying this guy's old too. He's probably using this, those kind of cameras because this doesn't look digital. If that's digital. what he's using, then that would absolutely explain that effect because we've all seen that happen. Yeah, it really doesn't look like digital cameras, but I don't know. It's nighttime, you know, cam- works too, and 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 they're digital reproductions of the photographs so who knows it didn't say if he took the pictures with his phone or anything like that no it doesn't say on here if he did or not hmm. oh yeah here you go he said the phone kept giving him an error when trying to take video so he switched to take pictures and he managed to take four images of the object so there you go the phone is going to suck in the evening too um yeah but i don't know the one where you can see his house and you can see the light out there in the distance you can tell there's light actually being emitted from the thing it's not like it's something uh reflecting light and that has stuff in the photograph too so that one's a little better than the other three yeah interesting interesting i'm always a believer dude they're out there i i'm right there with you bro trust no <laughs> something's one. out there trust no one <laughs> that's yeah. right the cigarette smoking man just around the corner. I my, was just going to say, he's out there, man. He's, my, he's uh, everywhere. My current creep isn't really so much um, pyramids or UFOs. Mine's a little bit more human. Uh, but w- nevertheless, it's, it's creepy and it can be scary. Um, is And what I'm talking about is like disappearances. Like we've talked about, um, you know, stories where people have disappeared and nobody knows what's going on. Um and this, I saw this headline, and I was like, "This is a little, what caught me was the strange text, and they call it a strange text. It wasn't super strange, but the text is weird. So I'm going to go ahead and read this article I saw on uh, NBC News by Rachel Trost. The headline is "Few Answers in Disappearance of Tony Anderson After Seeing or After Strange Text Message." The last time anyone heard from Tony Anderson was in a text sent in the middle of the night. OMG! I just got pulled over again. It read. 
But in the nearly three weeks since the text was sent, no one has heard from Tony and her family and friends are in a state of shock. Um, she was last seen around 4.30 a.m. on Sunday, January 15th. The 20-year-old had left her serving job at Chrome, an adult entertainment club, and was reportedly headed to meet friends across town. But she was pulled over on her way by a North Kansas City police officer for an illegal lane change. Authorities said Tony told the officer she was almost out of gas, so he let her off with a warning and pointed her in the direction of a nearby Quick Trip store. At 4.42 a.m., so 12 minutes later, one of Tony's close friends, Roxy Townsend, received... Roxy. wonder where she knew her from. Uh, received, no relation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> received the uh, the text that said, OMG, I just got pulled over again. It's unclear if that text was sent in reference to the North Kansas City officer stop or if Tony had been pulled over again after that. Um, there have been many reports of cars in Kansas City impersonating police with lights and sirens. So now I'm not sure what again means, Roxy told the news. Uh, officials reportedly have no record of any other officer pulling Tony over that morning. What is known is that she never returned to the apartment she shares with her boyfriend of more than two years. Uh, the couple moved to Kansas City from Wichita several year years earlier. She was also set to start classes at the University of Missouri, Kansas City the following Tuesday, something her loved ones have said she was extremely excited for. She was working as a music blogger and had several work trips scheduled as well. Um, so there you have it. That's a to me. Get it? Can you imagine getting a text message from your friend like that and then them disappearing in the thin air? That's that's beyond Dude, creepy. Actually, it, some bad's happened. Yeah, that it, actually it, happened to me once, uh, bro. Uh oh. Yeah, uh, my buddy Joe left my apartment with some friends, got into the car, and right before he left, he said, "It's okay, man. I'll, I'm I'm just coming right back." He died that night. Oh, wow. That sucks, dude. Yeah, I'm sorry. Kind of just like that. So, but yeah, that's one of those things, man. Well, this one, it sounds like somebody may have kidnapped. Dude, somebody him. absolutely did. If you're telling us that they've been in reports of uh, fake cops. Yeah. And that's, that's always, exactly what happened. That's right? always crazy. And I remember when I was living in Florida, there was a, a, a time that that happened for a while that, that, um, that people, there was people impersonating police officers and pulling people over to rob them. Um, and, and, it started to get to a point that if you were by yourself, like on a on a, uh, a quiet road and a cop was pulling you over, you just were supposed to keep driving until you were around other vehicles and other people and then pull over and, and let the cop do his job. Oh, I do remember. I, th I do remember hearing about that. And the cops were like mostly cool with it. Yeah. It's yeah. A, I think we had that. We had something like that yeah. around here. And they actually, they actually told you that if you're going to get pulled over to make sure you found a place with a lot of lights and where people could see you just in case. Yep. Yeah. Here's a weird thing. It says um, t for this that Tony's friends are having to petition for the police to release footage of the last known whereabouts of Tony, including the dash cam footage from where she was pulled over. Um, they, I guess they're not releasing that. I guess they say it's because it's an active and ongoing investigation. Um and then it also says few clues have been found in the case. Authorities have not released whether they've located any significant pieces of evidence. Her car is still missing as well. So, but I can't tell. It doesn't sound anything like somebody that's going to up and just run off at all. Right. Especially with the, 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 the interaction with the police officer, if that really happened. You know what I mean? So it's either something happened with that cop or after that cop left, 
you know, somebody else tried to pull the same thing and unfortunately got her. I hope it's not the case. I hope they find her. I hope she'd had some sort of weird, you know, uh, fugue, fugue state. I was just something. about to say that. Yeah. yeah. Fugue state where she just <laughs> didn't know who she was, or there's people who have these mental breaks where they completely create brand new lives and they'll go 10, 15, 20 years before they'll remember they had another life. Yep. So I mean I hope that's not the case. I hope I mean I mean I hope that could be the case and it's not that she's been taken. But yeah, that's my uh, that's my current creep. It's a, it's a little creepy to know that that's going out. And if you're a listener out there in Kansas City, uh be careful, dude. Don't 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 pull over for for these fake cops. Make sure you're around a populated area when you're getting pulled over. Yeah, just put Jen. your emergency just put your emergency lights on and yep. then just uh find a place that's well lit. And where Jen. there's a possibility of people seeing you. Exactly. Jen, we're talking to you. We're talking to you, Jen. Pay attention. <laughs> I got a friend lives in Kansas City, and I worry sometimes. There you go. So there we go, guys. That's our current creeps. Hope you guys are uh, ready to tune in. You win, bro. Because uh, oh, You win. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this was a contest? Competition. <laughs> I'm first place. Yeah, every time, I'm like silently judging like who has the best <laughs> Chris, Chris definitely brought the creepy this time. There's always something about that that freaks me, like getting pulled over like that and it not being a real cop. And can, at 4:30 in the morning too, like that's just even like yeah, no man. one's around. I could just see the empty street and like the even the traffic lights just blinking, the red on one side, the yellow on the other. You know what I mean? Like there's no one yeah. around. I that's 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 real world scary right there, man. No thanks. Yeah, I. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Awesome. Let's get into some more real world story. And it's kind of funny that uh, my mine ends on a on a disappearance, and Johnny's about to take the helm take the helm here and tell us uh, what's your topic tonight. What happened to Michael Rockefeller? Michael Rockefeller. No, guys. When I say Rockefeller, uh, do you know of the family? Obviously, one of the most famous families in America, especially in the you know in the early nineteen hundreds, Rockefellers. Yep. The Industrial Revolution. Yeah, yeah John. D, yeah, John D. Rockefeller uh, became the wealthiest man of his time. He was one of the first ever billionaires. He, of course, got most of his money through Standard Oil, as the name of his company. I mean that that company got so big that actually in the nineteen uh, eleven somewhere around in there, it was considered a monopoly and it was forced to be broken up by the government. And it today is what you would consider Chevron and, Ex- and Exxon Mobil and uh, Conoco and BP it was broken up into those. Mm-hmm. So even today, you know, the Rockefeller rock, there's still Rockefellers alive today. Their family is They're They're not near as rich as they were, but they still have quite a bit of money. They're living just fine. Hmm. There's a, uh, yeah. When you say Rockefeller, you think of the found, like the, the creation of our country during the industrial revolution, like so much of our country is where it is now because of him, uh, because of guys like JP Morgan, um, right. You know, these monster names. So when you say Rockefeller, yeah, I've heard the name Rockefeller. I had never heard of the case you wanted to bring to the story tonight. I'd never heard of it. Had no clue this had happened. Had no. It was it was completely new to me. I, I was just like fascinated when you told me about it. I'd heard yeah. of this a couple of times in the past, honestly, but it was never one of those things that was like, you know, it was like, oh, some rich guy disappeared. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When this when this happened, it was humongous news at the time. Uh, Michael Rockefeller was born in 1938. 
and he went to, uh, and obviously his family had plenty of money. So he went to a good school. He went to Harvard mm-hmm. and he actually, uh, he's a fourth generation Rockefeller and he's a Harvard graduate now. And, but he's a little different from the rest of his family. Most of his family would go into banking or into the oil companies and that sort of thing. And he didn't really want to do any of that. Right. Uh, he was, uh, he had just really graduated from uh, college mm-hmm. when he decided to, in 1960, uh, I mean, around 1960, he went to New Guinea. Now, do you guys know anything about New Guinea, the country of New Guinea? Um, not, not, it's not so much. I mean, aside from it not being really industrialized, I, it's, it's got a lot of jungle and, um, you know, I, yes. like those tribes lost in time type of thing. What that's, Chris said. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty much true. There's a lot, there's tribes there now today. It's a little different I mean, though. They're still not, I mean, they don't drive around in, in Ford Mustangs or anything like that, but you know, they're a little more advanced with their technology now today yeah. even though it's still nowhere near what everybody else is but back then in the 60s they were very much the tribes there were very much uh, rarely ever uh, disturbed I guess would be the best word to put it mm-hmm. and, but in around 1960 Michael Rockefeller was like the sound he did the sound he was like a sound engineer for a documentary called Dead Birds and this documentary went and actually just studied those tribes there, uh, the Asmat people. It's A S M A T. That's what they're called, the Asmat people. That habitat that that living at on that island. It's pretty. It's Western New Guinea around in that area. Mm-hmm. And he became fascinated with them. Uh, they're a, they are a very different culture from ours, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, big time. He, one of the things that he loved was art. He was a big art collector and he actually started some museum, a museum that was about uh, art from tribes like that. And he would collect them because he wanted people to see the beauty in them. The Asmat people, uh, here's some of the things that were known about them. They were actually well known for their wood cutting art. They had, a, they were really proficient at that and he loved their wood cutting stuff. So that's what he's kind of going back to collect. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of strange little customs that they have in their in their tribes and such. One of them is, and now tell me how you guys would feel about this. <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of their customs is when a family member dies, all the women that are related to that family member, every woman that's remotely related to that person who passed away, cuts off a part of their finger. What? Yeah. What was? Do you know the thinking behind that? Like why they did that? It's something to do with, I actually read it. It's something to do with uh, showing sadness that you've lost someone somehow. Oh my like, God. Look, you can find pictures of women in that tribe who only have like one finger left. Oh my God. Oh, so they take the whole finger off. They, the one that I saw would take them off from like the point of your finger to uh, the knuckle. Would oh be gone. my God. Oh, oh no. And of course, the other thing that some of these tribes are known for is cannibalism. Yeah. Now, yep. now when I say cannibalism, I'm not saying that they're eating to stay alive. They're eat, but they do it for uh, rituals and stuff like that. Yeah. But now the first time when Michael Rockefeller was there and he was there with the, with the crew and they were filming this movie, 
he he just loved them. He fell in love with them. They were kind of uh, he was he just wanted to le- learn more about them. Yeah, I remember reading that he was fat. He was uh, aside from not wanting to be a doctor or lawyer or anything like that, a businessman. Uh, he also did. He didn't share the love of like the power and money that a lot of his family did. He was quite at home and felt very happy, you know, with sandals on his feet in in the jungles and complete. And that's why he was so fascinated with these people because he saw like that they, the way they lived life, that they did, you know, they had a certain way of being able to live life, and he he wanted that there was there was a, a sense of wanting that freedom yeah that's very very true he did not have to go anywhere he was well he could have just been a stay-at-home <laughs> teenager up through his adulthood and yeah. not work a day in his life and he would have been just fine or, or even like, even with the interests in in these um these tribes and stuff he could have easily just been you know uh somebody that just worked in schools and universities and never once traveled out to these places you know what i mean yeah, he didn't have. Yeah, he didn't have to do it at all. He had plenty of money if he really wanted it. I mean, his family was just rolling in the. His family was Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically swimming in, in piles yeah. of coins. Yeah. Um, yeah, he could have died. He could have dived into some dollar bills if did, he wanted to. And have you guys seen the the wooden pieces of artwork that these tribes did that he loved? Yeah, I looked at them. They're they're amazing. I remember I was when I was when you told me about this. I watched um, an episode of In Search of the old Leonard yes. Nimoy show. Yep. Oh God, it was the the, the quality is ridiculous. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. You can hear the buzz. Yes. It sounds like the buzz of a television. I kind of love the tube televisions. Uh, it's great, but um, yeah, but yeah, there was there was you know little examples of it on there, and I was just like, holy! I could see why he he felt uh, being an artist and, and enjoying art, like seeing something like that was like from a tribe to do that kind of intricate artwork was amazing yeah so after they film this movie and he leaves and he goes back home he decides he really wants to go back and do some art collecting from them mm-hmm. so in uh, in 1961 he heads back he's he's around 23 at this time so he's a, he's a very young person he's not old at all mm-hmm. and it starts off everything is fine but then on November 18th, 1961, uh, like I said, this is a very remote place. You can't just drive from place to place. Right. So he's with an uh, he's with a man named Rene Wassing. I hope I'm saying his, the last name is right. It's W-A-S-S-I-N-G. He was an anthro- anthropologist. And they were in an open boat because it's the only way you could get to some places is on an actual boat. They said... Uh, Renee said that the day was very sunny. It wasn't a storm at all or anything like that, but a huge wave and the water was, was really choppy though. And a wave came up and actually washed over the boat and went over their engine. And in fact, just killed their engine. Their engine was killed. So now they have no power and they're just drifting along and they're about 10 miles from the nearest shore. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to decide what to do. I mean, if they just stay there, you know, who knows if they're going to be rescued. But so they decided that, you know, they didn't know what to do, but Michael was going to swim for it. He decided he was going to swim for it. Renee said that he was just too tired and he couldn't make it. But Michael decides to swim for it. And the last that he's seen is Renee Wassing says, Michael jumped into the water and tried to swim 10 miles to shore. That's the last he was ever officially seen. He was using um, empty gas gas canisters, I think. To help yes. him, 
Um, and I think the last words he said was, I think I can make it. Yep. And off he goes. And then he's never seen again. No trace of him was ever found. So, guys, what happened to Michael Rockefeller? My first thought was, if you hear this, is that he just didn't make it. It's 10 yeah, miles. Drowned, yeah. Exactly. Something the current took him, maybe an, a, a shark. Who knows? Yeah, it could have been anything. There, he's in the waters in New Guinea. We don't. I don't even know what I was down there, but <laughs> I'm going to presume there's some stuff there that could make your life not fun. Yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. shark, a shark down there, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be. So most people assume that he drowned, mm-hmm. but again, his body was never found. Now, in this area of New Guinea, there were some missionaries. There were Dutch missionaries. And the second that he went missing, that Renee reported, because Renee was actually rescued later, and he's going to report all this. And they found out that uh, Michael was missing, so a bunch of those missionaries went out searching for him. There's a book that came out and it's recently, and it's actually not that old, and the book is called Savage, uh, Savage Harvest. Mm-hmm. It's by Carl Hoffman, and he actually states that he believes, and he has a lot of evidence for this, and, there, and he's not the first one to say this. He believes that, at, and that what actually happened to Michael Rockefeller is that he was eaten. He was uh, cannibalized mm. by the Asmat people. I heard about that also. Did you see that? Yeah, I heard. I heard that one too. Did you see that? It took after he went missing. It took three days before his dad was even. His dad at the time was governor, governor of New York. Um, right. And it took three days before he even knew it. So I think. I mean, again, in those times, it, we take it for granted now that you could send a text or a tweet and it's instantaneous. Um, but back then, like you went missing, and for three full days. There, there could have been search parties started out right away with with the resources his father had, uh, but it took three days. So who knows? Well, who knows what happened if he did survive that that swim? Well, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going to go into that. Uh huh. In, in this guy's book, he actually put all his evidence as to why he thinks that. One of the things that happened was an Asmat tribesman actually told the Dutch missionaries that Michael actually did make it to shore. But he was found by people from I'm going to butcher this name from the from the village of Otsjanip. That's O T S J A N E P. The Asma people are made up of different villages, but apparently this village was one of the worst ones he could possibly be found by. Uh. And they killed him. And the reason they think he was killed it was a revenge killing, because uh, in the past, the Dutch had actually killed many Azmat tribesmen years before. And another thing to know about the Azmat people when it comes to death, they believe that any death, no matter the, no matter the, you could have been just very natural causes, but in their, in what they think and how they f- live, if somebody dies and what, somebody who didn't like them did it, no matter what it was. Hmm. So like, let's say, so let's say, uh, it'd be like today if, if, uh, one of your family members passes away uh, from some sort of a, they get pneumonia or something mm-hmm. and they don't get better. They just mm-hmm. pass away from that. The asthma people would feel that somebody did that to him or them and they would get revenge. Oh, the asthma people constantly fight each other because of this. <laughs> they're, they're constantly at war with each other. A lot of the men die all the time. And, so this was this was the society of people that he was fascinated with. Yeah. 
Okay. I just want to be, yeah. Because when you hear the other side of it, you think of the beautiful art, you think of uh, the simple way of life, you think of all these things, you're like, oh, I can totally see why he's fascinated. And then you hear, yeah, they like to slaughter each other because when something, their grandmother sneezes, it was because of someone else's fault. Some bad thoughts. Well, if you think about it, some of our most interesting I meant a weird word to use, <laughs> but some of the most interesting people in our history are ones who were, who are just more than one thing. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. That's good. So, I mean, well, let's take like uh, fiction. Some of the most popular villains in our fiction are the ones who are kind of double sided, like Two Face, in a way. Yeah, Two Face. Yeah, <laughs> like Two Face. <He's>, yeah, <laughs> he was once Batman's best friend, and now look at him. Yeah. Right. Sorry. But no, yeah, definitely. There, there, there is a par- There's that paradox there. That that two side, two sides to the uh, to the blade thing, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's with any person, though. I mean, a lot of people have a bunch of different sides to them. But mm-hmm. I mean, this is a whole tribe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but another thing that's that's been claimed is like one of the reasons maybe it it, it that they didn't find anything. Like to this day, there's been zero remains of Michael ever found. His body was never found and, or anything else like that. But apparently Hoffman claims in his book that the Dutch government and the missionaries that were there covered covered this up. They actually found out that it was true that he was eaten and he was and his body and his cannibalism was due for ceremonial and uh, reasons and for revenge and as a revenge killing. And I was actually watching this one. Th- it's a there's a lot of this on YouTube. You can actually find a lot of really good documentaries about this on YouTube. But one of the things that I saw uh, said that the tribe would, and I don't know how true this is. This was on this documentary, but the tribe would, uh, after they cannibalized somebody and they killed them, mm-hmm. they would kind of dance and shower in their blood, sort of. Good lord. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then they would start. Uh, kind of enjoying each other's company, if you know what I mean. Just all the men would enjoy each other's company. Like high fives and stuff. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> cracking open a cracking open a beer. A Game of Thrones joke, but <laughs> No, high five sounds good. We'll go with that. Cracking beer. <laughs> they'll, they'll high five each other and do some fist pumps. Hey, well I probably shouldn't use that one. Alright. <laughs> Alright. So this is all covered in so this is all part of the ceremony. Yeah, and this very, guy, but, this guy's saying weird, this is what happened. To us, but for them, it's like a, it's a big, uh, yeah, it's a big thing. Like it's not weird to them; it's part of their, right. part of the ceremony kind of thing. And the guy that wrote the book is saying this is what happened. This is what the missionary said happened. And what's the point in covering it up? Was the point to covering up so because they didn't want the civilized world, quote unquote, to to judge this this tribe or judge them, or or what was the point in covering it up? That was one of the things that was said. Another thing that was also brought up was that if this was indeed a revenge killing for what the Dutch had done years oh, before, I see. Okay, they would feel responsible for it, and they didn't want to be blamed for anything because the Rockefellers still at this time, even in the '60s, still had a bit of power. I mean, they were still they still had some money. Oh yeah, for sure. So they didn't. I guess they just didn't want that. <laughs> I see. Okay, that kind of thing. Interesting. Now, uh, years after this. The one thing that I found really fascinating, and that's probably a weird word to use in this too, but Michael actually has a twin sister. Hmm. 
And she wrote a book about growing up after her after her brother died. So she's like growing up without her, her twin. I can't remember the exact title of it, but it's something like that. She they actually in this recent article in 2014, I think it was the New York Times, one of those newspapers, they actually went to her and she was quoted as this. She goes, His papers, his beautiful photographs, and his amazing art collection shows respect for the Asmund people. People who are so much bigger than this idea of cannibalism. Hmm. That is his legacy. There you go. So the family so the family to this day still thinks that he actually drowned and he wasn't cannibal he wasn't killed due to being eaten or anything like that. Right. He was literally declared dead in a around sixty four, around in there, like three years after he went missing. And like I said to this day, that's this is kind of how it is. I was really curious. What do you guys think? What do you think actually happened to him? Well, I've heard uh, other theories that he lived for quite some time amongst the tribe, too. I saw that one, too, yeah. Yeah, that's another one, too. I don't know how much credence I would put with that. Well, uh, there's photographs. <laughs> yeah, that was... Um... That show a white man with the tribe and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that, but that's like really the only evidence for that is these Yeah, these but then what photographs. They, a lot of people don't tell you is that one of those tribes or one of those villages has actually kind of become a a tourist area, as weird as that may sound now. Oh. And because it's more popular, than, and I think they're the nicer of the, <laughs> the other ones, yeah, right. I would assume. So it's not, un- it's not unusual in the 60s to 70s to 80s for a, I mean, I'm not saying it happened all the time, but it wasn't unusual for a white person to be there. It's a, this is what the, I just found an article about it, um, on the daily, daily mail. I don't know. I don't think that's the, you know, the biggest name, but still this, it does, it lends to what the story was at the time. So it says captured on a small cine camera as it plays across the ranks of 17 approaching cannibal war canoes. The image is fleeting, but unmistakable among the mass ranks of dark skinned headhunter tribesmen heading around the bend of a New Guinea river is a naked, bearded, white skinned man, his face partly covered in war paint as he paddles furiously. The appearance of a white face among a throng of Papuan cannibals would be astonishing at the best of times, but in the circumstances in which this footage was shot is potentially mind boggling. For the impressive scene was filmed in nineteen sixty nine, close to the spot where eight years earlier a scion of the Rockefeller dynasty had gone missing, sparking the biggest hunt ever launched in the South Pacific. Since 23-year-old Michael Rockefeller disappeared during a trip to collect primitive art from one of the remotest corners of the planet, rumors swirled about his fate. Now, a documentary made by this guy, some uh, the son of Charlton Heston, as a matter of fact, Fraser Heston, has thrown the focus on this extraordinary story once more. So I think he, I guess this guy is doing a documentary in which he focuses on the fact that he may have stayed alive. And they're saying it, it looks like it could have been him. If you look at the, the flash, if his hair had grown a little more, he had the same receding kind of hairline. And he's not wearing his glasses, but should he have lost, you know, lost his glasses? This is, I mean, this is kind of what he, I don't know, man. I don't know. This might be him. The, I would, for his sake, I hope that was him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, the reason that I find that just tough to believe is just from the sheer fact that he had a family that loved him. His sister, he had a twin sister, and he never tried to reach out to her. 
Yeah, it could have been. Um, again, it could have been one of these things where maybe on the, the you know the swim back he hit his head, and though, so he never remembered who he was. As far as he was concerned, he was a part of the tribesmen. He just didn't know how to answer why his skin wasn't the same color. Do you know? Could be. I mean, why not? Right. That was what we were talking about earlier. Possibility. Some kind of fugue state. But then, why would the rest of the tribe, when they were being searched, try to hide him? Maybe because of of the state he was in. So who knows? Maybe to them this was like a a magical thing, you know? Like he's a, a new spirit that's come to him of a, of a past a past uh, king or something. Who knows? You know? Who knows what they're thinking? Yeah, it really could be anything. I'm not or saying at you're the wrong, time, or at I've the time, yeah, or at the time when they came around, he wasn't there yet. You know, maybe he was in some sort of one of the jungles and made his way back to the tribes. That's true too. Is that what you think happened? I'm just very curious what you For guys me, think. For me, I think um, if he didn't, if if he did not die uh, at sea, which I think is probably the highest, is is the biggest chance because the the fact that they were caught out there it was ten miles out. Um, they had just gone through that. He was t- obviously tired, um, trying to swim, and like we said, we don't know what kind of stuffs in that that water. Uh, it could have been anything, man. But I think it, the biggest possibility is that he died. Should he have lived? I don't know that the cannibals would have eaten him, even as a revenge thing, because it doesn't make sense. He had been with them for so many times before that that they could have easily killed him and blamed it on a you know a Dutch revenge killing. Um, well, that's true too, but I don't think he was really ever there by himself before then. I know, but you know what I mean to to go around yeah. and document it and interact with the artists. You know, when 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 they give you the artwork and and things like that, I just feel like he didn't have to be alone. But I I, I and from the things you hear about the kind of person he is, you would oh you would almost assume that even people who are you know tribes people that that don't interact on the regular with human you know civilization. Uh, that they could still get from him that he's a more gentle person. He's not, he's a kind of person who is very interested in them. And you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's possible. Like, I think, are you thinking uh, I'm, he curious, got I'm very curious what Carter thinks, but I think, I hope that he actually lived and he just started living with them just because that's the best outcome for him. Yeah, exactly. But I'm kind of leaning to what you just said. I mean, that's 10 miles of a swim. Uh, the, the water was choppy in the first place. I mean that's ten miles. That's that's in a remote area, swimming. So, what do you think? How Carter? long? How long did you say it was until they started searching for him, Johnny? They were searching for him pretty much the day after it happened. Uh, his, like uh, Chris mentioned, his dad and his sister actually uh, flew out to help to look. About three days later, when they learned about it, yeah. they didn't find it until three days after he'd went missing. So it's about that time frame. I'd say a well, day to three days. Okay, so a day is about enough time, especially in a 10-mile stretch, for a body to drift out of the search area. And then, you know, you factor in all that time. I mean, there's a good chance that if he did drown trying to reach the shore, the body will never be found. Yeah. You know, it could be anywhere by now. So, if he did drown, there's a good chance that it'll... It'll it'll always remain a mystery because it's going to be, you know, there's no how, how do you find where would you even start looking? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's too much time to. That's too much time 
to to have a a a logical search grid. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you would have to well, cover the entire planet at this point to 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 look for that body, and there's no way to do that. So well, I think he probably did drown, but if he didn't, I would really like to hope for his sake that he didn't get eaten. But well, another thing that kind of leads to the eaten thing was there was a I don't know how true this was. But it was claimed in, an, in another book that his mother actually hired a, a private investigator to go there. And this person ended up trading a boat engine for three skulls oh, that, the, that the tribe claimed were the only white men that were ever killed there. And then he brought those skulls to the family. But the family never ever commented on that, never ever said that that was true or if, if it was true, if one of those was their son. Do you guys remember the History Channel program Vanishings? I remember this one. No, I think I, so. I don't remember that. Yeah, one. they reported that the Rockefeller's mother did pay a, a huge reward to the investigator, uh, which was offered for final proof whether or not you know Michael Rockefeller was alive or dead. But that's always ever said. It never actually ever came out and said that uh, we we found this skull and it was definitely him or any of that kind of stuff. So. Hmm. Well, yeah, it seems like if they'd have gotten that, they would have done some kind of test on it, you know? Yeah. Or maybe, the, I mean... If that was his. I mean, I... For, for all we true. know, yeah, for all we know, it, it could have happened, and that could be true, and maybe the family just didn't want to comment on it anymore, but that seems kind of odd to just not say anything else. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. So I kind of, I think we're all kind of together this. We all kind of think he, he probably didn't make it to the shore in the first place. Yeah. I want to. I, I hope I, so. I hope so for his sake, like you said, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would like it. I would like it to be that he ended up, you know, in in whatever state of mind, but ended up that that what we see there is him. Only because that just uh, that adds to just the fascinating aspect of this whole story. That would be just the cherry on the top, you know. And what if he had actually come come back later on, kind of like a uh, uh, what was a movie with. Uh, Robin Williams, where he was playing like Jumanji, <laughs> where, he was in a, where he was stuck in the game for years, but he just came yeah, back finally, and he, and he had this great story to tell. Like, what? <laughs> could you imagine if that was what really happened? The stories he would have. Oh my god! Yeah, that would be I mean, nuts. He would know everything. He would know everything about that tribe. Well, not... what if? What if that's what happened? What if he went out there to do exactly Played what Jumanji. you're saying, and somehow, at some point. Came across Jumanji. Was, came across Jumanji, yeah. <laughs> At some point was killed or or got some kind of disease or something and died out there before he could come back. Yeah. And he didn't even finish his game of Jumanji. That's what exactly. I'm saying. Exactly. He may not have, have died by cannibalism, but he may have lived with them long enough. And like you said, some sort of sickness and illness that they couldn't help him with. Um, yeah. Or even who knows the weird uh, crocodiles, whatever's out there, you know, sharks. Yeah, or, maybe he fell or, or something. Who knows? Or Vipers. or he tried to cheat and make the dice lie on a number that he wanted, uh -oh. and he turned into a monkey. Uh oh. <laughs> and so roll a five. <laughs> yeah. And so ends the tale of Michael Rockefeller. <laughs> yeah. In Jumanji. I do feel bad for his sister though, because I mean, it was his, her twin, and everybody kind of knows that twins have a even deeper connection to each other so that's you know I, I feel really bad for her one way or the other even if he lived or died she just never got to hear from him again so yeah, yeah you do kind of got to feel bad for the family because that's that sucks not having any kind of explanation i'd be interested yeah, I don't, i'd be interested to know if she felt anything 
You know what I mean? When the plane went yeah. down. Like, I wonder if she if she had any kind of ink, any weird feeling or because you know how they always say that that's what happens with twins that, that they just know when something happens to the other. Yeah. Interesting. I would actually, be interested to know that too. Actually, on CBSNews.com, I was as you were saying, I was looking this up because I'd read it. Uh, let me find this real quick. Well, her first reaction was that Michael had died. She remembered having a premonition before Michael left. Oh. These are her words. This is a quote for her, from her on CBSNews.com. The boat in Sepik, S-E-P-I-K, valley in which they were traveling was seen drifting out to sea, Nelson Rockefeller said. So I'm heading out there with my daughter, so so as to be there. Hopefully they'll find him before we get there. That's what This is what her dad said. But apparently she had some premonition before he left. That something was going to happen. That's crazy. Try- that is pretty They say that happens, too. though. They do say that twins have a weird connection that way, and they'll dream of, of each other, or uh, or sometimes I've, I've read things where they dream and interact with each other in sleep states, and dream states, and remember interacting with each other in each other's dreams. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That is weird. Strange. Yeah, apparently, apparently I was reading that backwards, but apparently what had happened was that when her dad got the message from the Dutch three days later mm-hmm. saying that his son was missing, uh, his his daughter just said her first reaction was that he was dead because she had his premonition before he left that he was going to die. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's creepy. It is, it is. So that's the story of Michael Rockefeller, guys. Yeah, it's... um. It's a sad tale if if you want to if you want to end it with him dying. I'd like to end it with him surviving somehow, living out to an old life and dying as a I don't know, as the elder tribesman, the white elder tribesman. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, he just wanted to escape his family name. I mean, that's a yeah. big name to live up to. Yeah. And he just and from all from what I've heard about him or read about him, he just wasn't into that scene. Yeah. It's not so, my bag, dude. I'm out. Yeah. It's not my bag, baby. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, guys, you want to uh, end the show? Tell them the. Oh, you want to know what? Before we do end the show, I wanted to uh, give a shout out. There's a, a website that was um that featured our our uh, our our podcast. As a matter of fact, the name of the site is called TrueCrimeReview.net, um, and I believe they have a, their own podcast or, or they feature podcasts. Uh, but there was one one other posts on on that website. Was a, a basically a two a list of two hundred true crime uh, and, and types of podcasts, and and we featured true stories and true crimes on our show before, so we actually made that list, and we've got a lot of listeners that have been coming over to us uh, having seen that list, uh, so we want to welcome them and we want to thank TrueCrimeReview.net uh, for the uh, the shout out on their list. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. That is very cool. It's also it's always very cool when you're recognized by peers, people that know that we enjoy the things we do, uh, and talking about the things we talk about. And so uh, they they put us up on on their list. So I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And I just and I just love attention in general. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> saying that, why don't you go ahead and tell them where they're going to find you, Johnny? Oh, you can also find, <laughs> uh, you can also find me on on Instagram at Johnnyism28. I put my art and dumb jokes there as well as another podcast called retro bliss you can find it on this very same network that chris will tell you about when it's his turn <laughs> you can also find it on itunes and stitcher and actually if you go to our instagram right now at retro bliss uh, we're having a contest right now that you can enter and win a signed copy of a 
Sega Genesis game. It's a Madden NFL 95. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it's signed by, by uh, not by Madden, but by me and Trevor. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's signed by John Madden. No, it's like it's signed by John Townsend. That's me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, also, we're going to throw in some Nintendo stickers, some old school, original Nintendo stickers from the 80s, early 90s. And as well as a couple of sketch cards, one by me and one by Warp Zone Graphics on Instagram, who's a very awesome artist. Very nice artist. Yep. So go there and find out more about that, and you can enter to win. Very cool. Carter, what you got? Uh, I am Carter Johnson, and you can find my novels on Amazon, uh, House on Dead Boy Lane, Meadowview Road, uh, Spider's Web, and hopefully very soon, uh, Nightfall will be joining uh, those titles on Amazon nice uh yeah chris awesome uh thanks for listening guys i'm chris chavez uh we have our history creeps facebook page if you're not already following it go give us a follow we update our our episodes on there as well as updates on past episodes uh some creepy news we'll throw up there once in a while also um at some point in the near future, I think in 2019, I will create a Instagram or Twitter or even an email account that you can get us on. But until we're then, gonna wait till it's out of fashion. <laughs> but until, <laughs> exactly. But until then, you can all you can find this podcast as well as the other one Johnny was mentioning, Retro Bliss, and my other one, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. It's on our network, bicbp-radio.com. Go check it out. See what shows you're into, and once you figured that out, go to iTunes or Stitcher subscribe comment and rate let us know what uh what you think of our shows again thanks so much for listening for carter johnson johnny townsend this is chris chavez once again we'll see you next time stay creepy (laughs) 